This is an Itch Your Break production, so sit back and take a break. Welcome to Itch Your Break. Hi, I'm Jonathan Mertz, and coming up on today's show, we're going to talk all about personal branding with our guest, who is a personal branding expert and a mecca when it comes to social media. You'll find out what it's all about coming up next here on It's Your Break. It's Your Break will return right after this. Subscribe to the It's Your Break podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, Audible, YouTube, and iHeartRadio. And now, back to It's Your Break. Welcome back to It's Your Break. Hi, I'm Jonathan Mertz. And if there's anybody that you should be following on social media that's all about personal branding, it's today's guest. With over 1.5 million followers on Twitter alone, this self-made social media mogul and personal branding expert has definitely made herself known. She is the CEO and co-founder of Bell Ivy, an elite branding and marketing firm. And her personal website, CynthiaLive.com, and her book platform has information on how you too can build your own personal brand. And I'm so honored to have Cynthia Johnson on the show today. Thank you for this opportunity. No, thank you for having me. It's uh, going to be a lot of fun. You know, when I saw you follow our social media account, I was a little giddy. Because knowing how important you are out there in, in the personal branding and when you're, you're talking about building a platform, which is a brilliant name by your, for your book, by the way, and it, it, it's, you, know, you get a little tedious. You're like, I want to reach out to her. I want to reach out to her. You know, it, but at the same time, you're, you're like, I, I don't, I, you know, I'm a little timid. So it is very fascinating to see what you've done. And I've just now started to read your book. I'm about 50% of the way. Um, and I picked it up because as I was doing research for this podcast, I'm like, wow, you know, this is something I'm interested in, which is, you know, building my own uh, personal brand, which is very different from just branding in general. Um, can you explain what is a personal brand and branding? Yes. Uh, so personal brand is by the way by which people know you, right? It's how it's how people recognize you, whether it's online or offline. It's how you're introduced in a room when you're not in it. Uh, it's it's basically the the perception that the world has of, of who you are and what and what you do. And so uh, there used to be a time when we were completely in control because everything that we did and everything that we uh, said was primarily face to face, you know, it was only a select few of people that had platforms where they were engaging and putting content out there for others to view. But the truth is now we're all doing it. We're all putting our faces out there. And if we don't, if we don't protect, uh, or yeah, protect to a degree, but, but also, um, really look at from this objective view of ourselves, right? Where we're saying, okay, well, what, what story am I telling? Because people are building uh, their opinion of us. They're making decisions on whether or not we're the right person for a job or to date or um, to invite to a party, even based on what we're putting out on social media. And I think a lot of times there's a disconnect between what we think we're sharing um, and how it's being perceived or the story is being told. So you don't really even have to want to build a personal brand to at least need to understand what it is and maintain it. That's interesting. And, you know, it, it is such a tedious task, it seems like sometimes, 
when you're trying to build the, your own personal brand, you're putting yourself out there in front of everybody on social media. And, and for me, I'm, I'm very conscious. And you talk about this in your book too, about being conscious of what you're posting. I want to be passionate about things, but then at the same time, I'm like, is that going to bother somebody? And am I going to get negative feedback, even though it may not be a, a controversial topic of the day? You know, it worries me that, you know, down the road, that something may come up. How do you go about developing a plan on what to post and what to put out there to the world? You just think of it as like going to a party. Uh, if you went to a party with a bunch of people you didn't know, would you blurt out the the first maybe uh, unsavory political opinion you've had on your mind <laughs> to the room and then walk away and think that no one was gonna to you know just they're just gonna forget about it like it never happened in five years from now it'll be fine so so the difference is you know if you do that at a party it's you your your word against the rooms and as times change it, there's really no proof that it ever happened uh, but the internet's written in ink and so we have to remember that uh, just because you think something, just because you feel something, doesn't mean it will serve you uh, to plaster it out there. There's certain things that, uh, you know, although it's, you know, in your belief system, uh, you have to think, well, does it serve me for people to know? Is this something I really want to engage in? And I think uh, we all become what I call keyboard heroes, right? We get behind the keyboard and all of a sudden we're superheroes and nothing can get to us. Uh, but but that's not true and so it's more so about uh just questioning whether or not you would do if, if the thing you're writing isn't something you would say in person you probably shouldn't be writing it um if it's not something you would feel comfortable with having someone else read in front of you you probably shouldn't be posting it uh if you wouldn't want your mom to see it definitely shouldn't be posting it so right. um you know there's these questions you can ask yourself just to decide uh, is this potentially something that's going to affect me negatively later or something i am going to wish i hadn't done and the truth is if you just put yourself in that real world environment and say okay these aren't just avatars or profile pictures these are real people would i say that to their face <laughs> well you know and and if the, the your instinct is no then don't put it out there it's really good advice really good advice when you're looking at companies today and, and all these companies are evolving they're all making their new social media guidelines they're meeting you know all these criteria and sometimes it's not you know always in line with what somebody's personal view is mm -hmm. You know, what is your thoughts about companies having their own social media guidelines and enforcing it on their employees? So you can't expect people to follow rules that you haven't set, first and foremost. The second is you can't expect people to uh, take action on their personal accounts because that's not what you're paying them to do. But what you can do is set a barrier of rules when they're talking about your company, a set of expectations, and allow people to be creative and express themselves inside of that box that you've you've created to not it's the other thing is communication fails because it's it's not communicated properly which sounds it's a crazy thought but the truth is a lot of companies have social media um, policies that their employees don't even know anything about they don't even know it exists so it's like yes you should have them but it's not just to protect your company it's to protect the people within an organization as well you want your employees to feel safe when they're posting on social media and if they don't know what those rules are then that you're never even giving them the opportunity to 
to follow or grow within those guidelines. And so um, brands absolutely need to have social media policies. Um, and it needs to be to the benefit of the employees just as much as the benefit of the brand. This can't be just a reputation management tool for a brand. It, it also needs to be a tool for allowing employees um, the opportunity to share something about the company if they want to in a way that makes them feel safe. That is really cool. And I want to do a follow-up question here. You know, one of the good, one of the policies that a lot of companies have, and, it, and it's actually a decent policy, is not posting on social media during work hours. And for somebody that's trying to build their own online presence or even personal brand, is there a way to do it after hours that's going to be beneficial to be able to get it out there to for people to see it to you know and to engage? Well, you know, my first question is not necessarily should you do it with work hours. My first question is um, who at the company is is monitoring this and why are they spending their time doing that? And um, you know, because that's also something that is crazy to think it's like okay so now we're in a situation the other part is how it depends on the type of job right so mm -hmm. if you're someone who works in front of a computer it would be crazy to assume that they're not you know going to take five ten minute breaks to browse the internet or to to ask questions and uh and it would be even crazier to think that there's that level of control or monitoring going on in an organization and i'm not saying it doesn't happen i'm just saying that it's not going to happen for very much longer um because it it's it, we have I mean, we're carrying technology in our pockets a text message is is almost really you can't tell the difference if i have someone facebook messages me sends me a linkedin message or is texting me i'm getting that message in the same way at the same speed and, and it's uh it's, it's actually crazy to ask but if you are in that situation where they're like hey don't work during work hours and someone's monitoring it um one make sure that you're okay with that and you've signed up for that and that's that's what you you want i think that the second is um you know it, it really depends if you're trying to if you're trying to build your personal brand i mean that's just part of your timeline you know there are a lot of people that we work with travel all over the world who are on planes who can't keep up with this stuff i mean do it when you can i think setting the expectation of your you know your persona of this person who has a job or this person who's very busy will reflect in the timeline in which you post and that's okay that's really really good advice and and i love how knowledgeable you are about this because you're so passionate about this and I actually want to back up a second, if, if it's okay, and, and actually take it back to the beginning, because this path that you got into wasn't your initial path. And, and I kind of want to highlight that because you mentioned it in your book. And for people that don't have it or haven't, please go check out her book platform because she does explain some of this in there. Um, where did you grow up? Let's start right there from there first. I moved around a bit, but um, I went to high school in Las Vegas, Nevada, Henderson, right outside of Las Vegas in Henderson. Uh, but I, I grew up uh, before that in all over. I was California, Colorado, Florida. My parents moved around a bit. So, uh, but yes, wow. I primarily grew up uh, outside of Las Vegas. When you got out of school and in, in, out of high school or even in high school, what was your initial plans in life? Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, so I, I went through a lot of, uh, trial and error, just trying to figure, figure that out. Uh, I think the biggest like step in any direction that I took was I wanted to be stunt choreographer. Um, that was, uh, that was a big move, <laughs> but I had actually had some other failed attempts at careers before that was the ripe age of, you know, 20. But, uh, <laughs> so I moved <laughs> to LA to do that. I think my passion really wasn't, um, 
ever a job. It was more about, uh, it was the opposite of that. It was, I never wanted to get stuck doing something I didn't love or something that I felt like it was a chore. I didn't want to live my life following someone else's rules. Uh, and so I tried all these different things that I thought would maybe give me that. And I was wrong a lot. Uh, but then, but then, you know, the internet, I mean, it's, the, it's like an open door. Like you can do anything there. And so that's how I ended up really in digital marketing. I think it was when I figured out that it was something I could do from anywhere. You go in and, and you just try to figure out all these different things and, and you, you fail, mm -hmm. uh, which you hear quite frequently on, on who people have been successful. If they haven't failed and they're successful, there's something really strange because I mean, that's the something that you always figure out. And some people who develop, you know, certain products in the beginning, they have failure products and they hit that one and it sets their whole company on fire. So it's just amazing to hear how you didn't have a set path. You thought you had one, but then you realize over and over again, as like, nah, this isn't quite for me. And that's encouraging to for a lot of other people because you know, hey, just because you don't want you know you're in here, you think you want to be in there, you don't you turn and ch change course. There's still hope for you. That is really yeah. enlightening. Thank you very much for sharing that. And when you got to start developing your your social media, uh, how did that progress? I mean, how did this all come in? Because I know according to your book, it said that you left and just went abroad and then all mm -hmm. of a sudden you started posting on social media and that's how you really started building it. So what was going, I mean, it's hard to think way back then sometimes, but what was going through your mind as you were starting to post and get following and, and, and starting to live abroad to figure out what you're going to do in life? Yeah, so I guess the, the, the real reason is I, I was traveling and uh, I worked on the platform side of a live streaming website. So I, I knew how... Uh, I knew how social media worked from the startup social media platform. You know, we had 10 million registered users, live stream was not cool. Um, and so it was a really humanizing experience and introduction to social media because I saw the man behind the curtain. And then when I was traveling, uh, I realized people were, they were running all these social media campaigns and they were giving away like, uh, you know, tours in exchange for tweets and free food. And I realized that there was, so much here that you, you could barter, right? And, and talk about, and I wasn't talking about anything that wasn't really happening to me. So, um, I, I found sort of the, the value, um, the monetary value in social media while, while traveling, because I could barter with it and it grew from there. I was like, oh, this is fascinating. I was like, this is a totally different kind of exchange, right? And I wasn't going in there to build followers. I was doing it because I didn't want to have to pay for my hotel <laughs> or like <laughs> I didn't want to have to pay for my tour or I didn't want to, you know? And so I think just, um, and, and there's like a freedom in, you know, especially when you're younger and you have nothing to lose, like you're so much less to lose. And so posting on social media feels very freeing. You know, um, I learned a lot in, because of that as well. And so, yeah, traveling really opened my eyes. I think the other part of it was learning digital marketing in general was was important because I, I could do it anywhere. I was doing it, you know, from Cambodia and, and then I was doing it from Australia and I was working with a company in L.A. And it was like I had this it was like a newfound freedom that I, I hadn't experienced before. That is so cool. And, and, and I noticed, you know, as you were going through these changes and, and you focus your username, which is, has, has a very significant importance to you, as you mentioned in the book and, and, and why you stuck with Cynthia live. 
as your username. And that is a very interesting story too. Can you, can you share that story real quick, if you don't mind? Oh uh, yeah. My first job was at a, uh, my first job in social media was at a company called live citizen. <laughs> and, uh, so I went with Cynthia Live because it was a live stream. It was a citizen journalism website um, and it worked and it still works. <laughs> it became more relevant over time. It was one of those, uh, I'd like to think I'm, you know, this genius person who comes up with these things, but the truth is no, it, it just worked out. <laughs> and, and I stuck with it and I ran with it. Uh, and yeah, that's where we are now. Oh, wow. I mean, you know, it, it, it's, it, it's interesting to see how things progress sometimes. Mm -hmm. I've been fortunate so far, you know, on my personal, you know, accounts, you know, being able to use Jonathan Mertz and 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 get it the exact spelling that I, you know, that that's out there for me because you know spelling. There's multiple ways to spell the word Jonathan, so um, you know, it it it. I can see where that can come into play when you're trying to pick those those usernames. Sometimes you really want your name, but it doesn't always have to be. It can be something that's even meaningful to you or something that's just kind of weird. And, and, and yeah. it's all about being, as you mentioned, authentic when you're posting online, and. When you're being authentic, you know, you, you try to be you, but sometimes people tend to get into trends on social media. Mm -hmm. Are they a good thing to actually get into um, or even do it when you're trying to build your presence or even, you know, be relevant online? Yeah, I mean, they're important to understand. And it's, you know, it's very different today than it was before. Like, um, we have so many options. There's so many trends to follow. And, and you'll see this even with the social media platforms themselves copying each other. It's really, um, you know, if, if you understand what you're trying to do, the story you're trying to tell and, and who you're there to communicate with, because at its core, social media is a social platform. We're there to communicate. Um, we all, we always get hung up on this idea that we have to blast out content. I was like, that's advertising's job, right? Like advertisers blast out content and they pay for it, you know, but we're, we're people. And so communicating is, and communication is at the core, what social media is supposed to do. It's supposed to connect us. Um, and so when, a tr when following trends becomes more of a content play and less about communication or it, or it just takes up a bunch of your time, um, because it's not, you know, not every trend is for every person. I, I would say if it lends to your goal, if it, if it's going to serve your goal and, and help you accomplish something that you're trying to achieve, then go for it. But if it's just a, something that everyone's doing, you're going to get lost in the noise because you're not going to care about it. If you don't care about it, why should anyone else? And, and so, yes, I'd say be aware of them when it's something that is directly in line with your personal brand. Um, you don't need to know about everything. I don't think, I think that just becomes a, a pop culture obsession. It takes up too much time. <laughs> There's just not enough time in a day. Right, right, right. And you made some, you, you mentioned something that I just found really, really fascinating talking about communicating, using the platform to communicate. How do you go about, you know, really doing that? Cause you could post anything say, Hey, look at me here. I, I think this is kind of cool, but how do you make that where it personally connects with somebody? Well, yeah, I mean, I think it's because you're, you're, you're responding, you're talking to people, you're on the platform engaging. It's not just about the content you're putting out. What, what's happening is we're all putting out all of this content and we're not, we're not at, <laughs> We're looking at it as how am I going to get more engagement? How am I going to, and that's, it's not the, the really the right way to look at it. The right way to look at it is how am I going to engage with more people and engaging is communicating. So that means going to their profiles. It means following new people. If you're trying to, to connect with podcasts, we'll follow people who have podcasts in their bio and start connecting with people that talk about podcasting. You know, you don't have to 
put out content of like, oh, this is just me on a podcast. It, there's so many ways to find the right people and build your network on social media uh, because we can search anyone by keywords and topics. So it's, it's, it's being there to actually um, engage and communicate and participate just as much as it is to share content. But to hear how easily you kind of explain that, and, it, and it's to what I do to a degree. You know, you you join the Facebook groups, you you go out there and, and you try to you search, you know, the keywords for you know podcasts. If you're looking for other podcasters, see what they're doing. You comment on their stuff. You 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 know you give their podcast to listen and and try to engage with them in hopes that maybe they'll return the favor. Uh, and it doesn't always work out, but. You know, if you more and more you do it, the more and more you open up the streams of content and and what you're all about. Correct. Correct. I mean, that's how we connected, right? Correct. This conversation is only happening because of that communication. It is really little to do with content that's been posted. To be right. honest, it's more. It was more about actions taken and the the communication back and forth. Like, uh, you know, you could have not reached out. I could have not responded and this conversation would have never happened, but that, and that's where it, social media tends to fall flat for people is they don't actually understand the value of those connections and the people that they're meeting. Uh, you know, there, there was early on, as I was building my brand, people that would come to my Twitter chats and join my, my conversations or whatever that have built audiences three, four times the size of mine at this point. So, you know, just it's, you know, be there because you want to talk to, to cool people because you want to, you know, participate because you have goals in mind. Don't show up just because you want to grow your brand. That's that really does stand out, and um, you can see through it very quickly. Getting these engagements and 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 getting the responses. You know, that's one of the things that when I did reach out to you, I was so giddy about because I know how big of a presence you are. I know what you've you've done in a way, and it, it's amazing to see people who are on a larger platform give people who are like me just kind of really trying to start really putting the effort into building our brand and giving us a chance that is very, very awesome. And it's humbling to me. I appreciate the opportunity for this because to me, learning is, is where I like to thrive. I love to hear other people's stories, how they started, how they finished. And, and getting this chance truly is a, 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 a blessing in a way. So thank you again for this. No, I mean, thank you for reaching out and, and even having, you know, having me on like this, I'm, you know, how do I put this? Uh, I'm not, I'm not famous and I'm not here to be famous. Like I have an agency, do marketing or a book. I want people to buy the book. I want to run my agency. I want to live a, like a certain lifestyle. You know, like those are my goals. My goals are not to be um, like put above any group of people who have a certain amount of following or something, you know, and like, and that's where I think we get, we get it wrong with social media is that the engagement part, the connectivity part is what it is. Like you're just starting. Like I, I mean, I created my Twitter account in 2009, maybe 2010. Mm -hmm. I don't even know. You know, like that's 11 years of <laughs> tweeting <laughs> to get to where I am. And so I, I, I find a lot of value in connecting with anybody who's willing to reach out because that's the step you need to take in order to to grow. Um, and as someone who you know likes to learn, I, I also like to pass on information that I've gathered over the years and I and I consume and learn just as much from people with three followers as I do from people with three million. 
I love to hear that about people too, that have, the, you know, that same kind of learning ethic because opportunities are out there and you never know when they're going to be yeah. around the next corner. And, and even if this, if the smallest little entity, somebody just takes notice, it's all it takes sometimes. Yeah. So yeah, that's really, really cool. And, and you mentioned your, uh, your marketing firm there. Let's talk about Bell Ivy. Let's, let's figure out, I want to figure out how did that actually come about? So uh, I was a partner in another agency previously that was acquired by the, a healthcare company. And so I, I became uh, the head of brand development for a large healthcare, um, public healthcare company and was managing, I went from managing a very small team of, you know, five, six people to uh, eight direct reports, 24 indirect, 12 states. And we went through mergers and acquisitions. And all of a sudden I was in this corporate environment that I had been avoiding my entire life. And, um, <laughs> I, you know, we saw a trend in marketing while working there that was, uh, this people first approach content, mark PR market, all of it, um, was trending towards real people, real voices, uh, and employees really being utilized, um, and empowered. And it was something that, uh, I realized fairly quickly that I, it was a, the problem I was trying to solve for, I couldn't solve for on the inside. So I quit and started an agency that did that. Um, and the first, you know, year I had several people tell me, no one will ever do that. You're crazy. Just quit now. <laughs> and, you know, no one's going to let their employees be ambassadors for their companies. You're crazy. Um, and you know, for the first couple of years, that was correct. You know, that nobody, nobody would, and it was totally bootstrapped. You know, we didn't take any funding. Uh, it, I didn't sleep very much for, for the first couple of years. And, uh, you know, as of last year, we landed like our largest employee branding campaign with Walmart and it was, a uh, it was like, well, if Walmart with 2 million employees is going to allow their employees to be ambassadors and run employee branding campaigns, then we were right. Everybody else is going to do it too, <laughs> because they're the largest company in the world. And if you're not following them, who are you following? And so that was, uh, that was exciting, but yeah, we, we started it. We just, we felt that there were, uh, there was a trend happening and the, the trend is towards real people, real time. Um, you know, the, the social media content, when, you know, especially when Snapchat came out with it disappearing and it real, the like, people wanted to see, they didn't want to see your commercial anymore. They want to see, you know, the person that works behind the counter and what their day to day is like, they want to actually see that you're you're the good company that you've hired all these actors to tell them that you are. Um, and we're seeing that get it bleed into every industry now at this point. Right. And, um, mm -hmm. and even with COVID and quarantines and the lockdowns, you have people, really important people chiming in from their homes. Now you're inside their houses. Like we're getting very personal. Everybody's a reality show. Uh, and so if you're, if your companies that aren't treating their employees, uh, well, or, you know, they have a broken internal culture, uh, corporate culture, you know, that's coming to light fiercely because I want to know from, I, like, I want to know from the barista at my local Starbucks, what it's like to work at Starbucks. I don't really care what the commercial tells me. I don't believe the commercial anymore. It's very, very interesting that you had brought up this personal branding about companies. Cause you, you know, you're watching TikTok these days, you, you're looking online on Instagram and you're seeing people from Walmart in their full uniform with their name tags on you know, talking about, Hey, here's some insider secrets. If you, you know, here's, here's some things that you do, if you want to get better, you know, personal, uh, care while you're inside those facilities and better, better customer response, 
you know, these are the things to do. And I, you know, I was, I was wondering, I was like, how are they getting away with this? But you just explained that the, these com- this company's invested in building, you know, a relationship with their employees. That, that is really, really cool. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I've noticed too is companies tend to, to respond more when it's on social media. And when I'm having trouble, like with my home internet service and, and my, my provider is Spectrum, well, I can be on hold for hours at a time because their queues like crazy, crazy. But if I immediately say something online about it, they're responding it 10 times to 20 times faster and let me know what pass to take and getting help immediately online and through Twitter than yep. in their, in their hold queues. I mean, why do, why do you think this is? And, and why is there such a, a, a importance in this? Cause that's that public platform, right? It's mm-hmm. uh you know, if, let's say if you're dating someone and you have an argument in private and then you have an argument in front of a group of people. Well, the argument private is very different than an argument in front of a group of people. Like, and that's really what you're looking at is any relationship is that they're, they're, um, they're moving quickly online because it's a very visible platform. And it, again, internet's written in ink where phone calls are recorded on their end. They're not recorded on your end. How often have you recorded a customer service call and then played it back for someone? <laughs> <You know? laughs> so, Me? I have actually, because you know, I've got all the equipment to do it, but yeah. Right. But not, not a lot of people have. And Uh-oh. so that's also, that's also part of it. Um, you know, and then there's technology advances, right? So you have boss, you know, common questions can be answered online and things like that without actually getting to real people and whatnot. But it really comes down to uh, brands adjust to what real people lean towards and what they want. So if a real person is starting to use social media to blast them in front of other people, they're going to find solutions very quickly in that, in that platform, in that area, because that's what people want, you know, and we, we tend to forget that brands brands are run by people. And so, um, just like anyone who's in a comfortable situation, the need for change comes when it's called. Right. And so as Mm -hmm. the world around you changes, you're like, Oh, I guess I should probably step up and get a phone with a camera. Right. Or like I should probably. And so the people internally, the brands, they're just following the trends and answering the call when, when the customers and the consumers ask for it. Also phones are expensive. Phone calls are expensive. And, you know, from a brand's perspective, if people want to talk to them online and they can solve a problem there, well, why not? Um, it's definitely more cost effective in the long run. You definitely find out something real quick when it makes headlines on a company and they're trying to extinguish the fires, you know, it doesn't always work out. But it, it is such a fascinating thing. And the weird thing is people can make things up online about you, about your company. How do you, how does a person go about maybe combating falsehoods? Because that was a big thing, you know, for the past several years that we saw fake news stories, fake tweets, fake, you know, uh, Facebook posts that, that starts coming into light right. more and more, you know, what did we do to, to kind of combat this? Well, so there's a set of internet rules and one of them is, uh, they call it, I think it's the, uh, uh Streisand, Streisand law. So Streisand law is the thing that you pay attention to gets bigger. So, and the reason they call it that is because Barbara Streisand tried to hide her house from the internet. So the internet made it a point of finding her house. And that is a key element of online communication. It's if you're trying to, if you pay attention to it, it will get bigger. 
That's how the that's how the algorithms work. It's how search engines work. It's how humans work. If you're if you go out of your way, I think we actually just saw this recently. Um, the internet is you know blowing up because uh, one of the Kardashians tried to remove their unedited photo, and now that unedited photo is literally everywhere. Um, <laughs> so like, but if she just ignored it, it would have right. gone away. Um, they're really smart though. They probably paid attention to it to blow it up. But you know what I mean? It was probably mm -hmm. very much calculated on there. But yeah, I would say that's really, you know, misinformation. Like the more we share it, the more we engage with it, um, the less time we spend reading it before we share it. You know, it, when you share misinformation, that's that's tied to your brand, right? We've all seen someone we were like, man, this is the smartest guy I know. And then next thing you know, he's sharing this article and you click and you read it and you realize he didn't read it and now he's not so smart in your mind anymore. Right. Right. And you're like, oh, your commentary oh, yeah. didn't match the content. Like you didn't even <laughs> read this and you just shared this out loud. Um, so, so it serves you to read the things you're sharing. Um, and yeah, people will, will lie, but the truth always comes out, you know, in, in the end. And, um, it sometimes it takes longer than others, but again, pay attention to what is real and what is true, you know, for you, uh, and let the rest fade, because it will. Yeah, those those daggone clickbait headlines. I mean, they get you every time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes, they do, and they you know they they take up a lot of time in your day, right? It's like they do, they do. You're like, oh, what? And that's why we follow people. We follow people that share content because we trust certain people to tell us the truth. And if they've shared it, then we're like, all right, I, I'll take the time to read this because I believe this person. When you break that trust because you didn't read it, that's when that's when it's a negative on your personal brand, right? But the but right. positive, you can say nothing ever and only share just amazing content and have a personal brand. I want to focus on just a couple more things about social media and posting here, mm -hmm. but then I'm going to flip things a little bit and make it a little bit more personal. And it's not going to be what you think, but I, I want to kind of get to know Cynthia a little better. When thinking about posting online, should people come up with a schedule about posting online? Should they just do it whenever they feel like it? Uh, because that was always a big thing for, for me is like, you know, you hear all these people who are getting followers and they're constantly posting, you know, 10, 20 times a day to build that following where you hear some other people who have only posted like once, two or three times every other day. Right. So, so what, what are your, what are your guidelines or what are your suggestions? for? I that? say communicate more than you post. So if you have all day, sure. Post all day, but make sure you're there to, to comment and communicate. Um, if you don't, you know, I set aside time just to go on and use the platform because you, you're like the thing you pay attention to gets bigger, right? So if you're not, if you're just putting out a piece of content, walking away and hoping you're, you're going to gain all these Instagram followers, well, that's not true. You have to, you have to give, you have to put time in and effort and you have to communicate with people on that platform more than you post. People are interested if it's relatable and it's relatable if they, if they have in some way connected with you. Uh, and so I would, I would rather see someone, you know, going on and looking up content that they like and commenting and engaging with people two, three times a week and posting once a month than I would think doing, you know, posting every single day constantly, uh, because then you're up against, it's a content game. And at that point you're more of a production house than a, a person. So, right. so it really depends on, on your style and, and communication, but definitely communicating. Uh, especially with people that are communicating with you, right? 
there are a lot, there's not a lot of people doing it, so you can use it to your advantage. Yeah, it's really good advice. Thank you for, 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 uh, for shedding some light on that because that was something that's always kind of stuck in my mind. And, and like I mentioned just a few seconds ago, I want to get personal with you. I want to kind of get down because I want to put the marketing stuff in the background. I want to kind of get to know who is Cynthia as a person. And you do put yourself out there being authentic, you know, and, and, and having your core values, everything out there. But if we were to kind of hang out, like me, your husband or whoever, you know, your significant yeah. other or boyfriend or whoever you may have in your life um, and hang out as a team, what is, is typically your kind of like cup of tea? What do you do throughout a day that you, when you want to unwind and just relax and, or even have fun? Oh, wow. So, uh, I have my dog, so that's always a, a thing. <laughs> my dog, I uh, live near the beach. I'm actually like nine months pregnant right now. So. Oh, wow. Congratulations. Thanks. Yeah. Um, due in uh, two and a half weeks. <laughs> so that's, that's taken up quite a bit of my time. Um, and definitely changed my schedule even as much as the quarantines and in, in COVID have. Uh, but I'd, I'd say a year ago that this answer would be very different. <laughs> a year ago, I, I would say I, you know, I'm out all the time, I'm traveling all, all the time and uh, spending time with friends, but it's been pretty relaxed. I mean, as, as it has for most people over the past year, um, you know, watching shows, going on walks, you know, the beach when you can, or hanging out with my dog, my husband, um, pretty low key. If you're going to sit down and, and, and actually watch a movie, uh, what type of movies do you like to watch? There's so many. Uh, it, yes. Uh, I mean, I really like documentaries, so that's my, my go-to, but you run out of those very quickly. Oh yes, you do. I mean, it's, I don't think everybody was obsessed during the quarantine with Tiger King. So, you know, it's just like, do you watch it? And you, and you get stuck on it and you still want us to know more what's going on afterwards. Yeah, there's so many stories out there to the, to be told, and actually one of my favorite uh, documentaries. Um, I always forget the guy's name, and I should really just know it by now. But uh, have you seen the Internet's Own Boy? Uh oh. Okay, so look up the Internet's Own Boy. It's about Aaron Schwartz, one of the co-founders of Reddit. Um, the same documentary filmmaker also did um, uh, the Gawker documentary. Mm -hmm. It's like Freedom of the Press documentary. And then he also did um, the, the Hernandez boy, um, the foster kid that was was uh, killed uh, on Netflix. That was like a big one earlier this year or last year. Great, great filmmaker. Lots of interesting. If you like to learn about the Internet and the history of the Internet, how to use social media and really from the perspective of why social, why it was created. And if you're, if you're a learner, you'll love Aaron, the Aaron Short story. I mean, he... Um, he was a pretty big deal. He's, he was really focused on making sure that access to information and the internet remain free. And, uh, you know, they even have like Tim Berners-Lee who created the World Wide Web and gave it away, you know, on that, uh, interviewed in the documentary as well. And so for someone who's interested in social media and online presence, it's a good one. <laughs> yeah, I was going to point that out. It's like, it seems like <laughs> everything you're focusing on has something to do with online and online presences. <laughs> yeah, actually. Interesting. It, um, and we, we founded a, uh, nonprofit actually officially this year that does that too. So we're, we're providing foster youth with, um, access to hardware. So laptops and, um, eventually Wi-Fi. We just became a nonprofit about 30 days ago. Uh, and so that's something else we're working on, but I'm very much, you know, the social media is fine and dandy, but the platforms in which we tell stories and learn to what you're saying, those are changing forever. I don't see the internet as 
you know, I see the way we use it and how we're able to use it as an advancement on things like the newspaper or a book. But at its core, like, that's what it's there. We're there to learn and to communicate with each other. And so for me, uh, you know, shortening the disconnect between what's real and what's fake online, because I think that's a problem, um, and increasing access to, uh, to the internet, to like online information, uncensored, is also a big passion of mine because I think we tell people too much and too often what they can and cannot handle. Um, and I think we're all grown up enough to search for things we can handle and avoid the things we can't. I mean, I close my eyes during scenes in movies where people get kicked. Like, you know, I, mean? I'm not, I, don't, I don't actively search for those things. And I think that we really um, just need to promote a sense of autonomy and trust when it comes to the types of content we're consuming across the board. And um, so that's what that's where I think it feels like that's where my central passion is. Um, but I do, I, I just, I just have a lot of faith in humanity. It's cool to hear somebody <laughs> actually say that too, because you don't hear that very often. And it's so amazing on how many things and how many different avenues you're going down just for betterment. And that is really, really fascinating as well. Um, Cynthia, thank you again for so much for being mm -hmm. on the show. If anybody wanted to get in touch with you or reach out or find out more about you, what should they do? Yeah. So, uh, you can find me at CynthiaLive.com, uh, Cynthia at CynthiaLive.com is my email. Find me at Cynthia live on most social media platforms. Um, and if I don't get back to you right away, it's probably because I went to labor, but, um, I should be back online <laughs> in June, I think is the timeline. Um, but yeah, reach out, reach out anytime. Uh, and if you're interested in, um, participating with the nonprofit, we're always looking for people who want to volunteer and help, or if you know someone who needs uh, access to technology, again, email me, Cynthia at CynthiaLive.com, and um, we'll connect you with the people to, to get involved. Do they, have you announced uh, what you're having yet, or do you all know? It's a girl. Oh, it's a girl. Congratulations on Thanks. that. Have, have yeah. you already started picking out all the paints and ever got everything ready for the, for the room? Oh yeah. She's coming. She's, she'll be here in a couple weeks. So I have, I really have to like, I mean, she can come tomorrow for all I know. I'm like literally nine right. months pregnant. So. Oh wow. That's yeah. hilarious. Uh, and before I let you go, is there any parting advice you would like to instill? Yeah. Just don't take yourself so seriously. You know, you know, it's, it's amazing how much we focus on things that don't, that don't, um, they don't matter or the opinions of other people. And I think we've seen even more so in the past year that nothing, you know, everything in our life that is outside of our happy zone, like, you know, your job, your car, your whatever, in, in an instant could not really be important anymore. <laughs> and, um, and, you know, to, to really focus on the, the things that, uh, that matter most, which I, I think is communicating with people you care about. Right. So maybe get off the internet, pick up the phone and call your grandma or something, but um, yeah, just don't take yourself so seriously. I promise you'll get through it. I've, we all have been, been there. Um, what's that mean? Britney Spears can make it through 2007. We can make it, we can make it through anything. So, <laughs> oh, that's interesting. And she's back in the headlines again too. So that's interesting so yeah but, but everybody loves it there you know oh, absolutely. Like, get absolutely absolutely like, like we're out there oh, yeah 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 oh, you know and and it's it's yeah like i said times change people change don't let don't let things get to you too much thank you again so much for coming on the show it's been such a, a, an honor to have you on here thank you for having me and uh keep doing what you're doing i can't wait to see this show grow and 
uh, where it'll be next year, I'm sure it will be far different than where it is now, and I always like to see that happen, so thank you.